It's too much. I'm at capacity right now. You know, those are the running sentiments that people share with me on a daily basis. People tell me that they feel like the world is just heightened with conflict and controversy and evil and enough is simply enough. Well, I feel the same way. And as I was scrolling through Instagram, I came across this page hosted by Christopher Rivas. He is a world championship storyteller, a truth teller in my book. And I immediately reached out to him to find out if he was available for a phone conversation with us so that he could share his perspective on where we are in the world and what we can do as human beings to move forward. Well, he said yes. So I ask that you sit back, relax, and join us for a necessary and very timely, deeper conversation. I think we are all co-creating this life together. I think the greatest act of creation that a human being can embark on is not a painting or, or, or a thing you write um, or a thing you color or a thing you sing. I think it is creating your life. I think every human being is a creator. Um, and every human being is creative as soon as they realize that their greatest work of art is their life. And that any moment you get to create your life, you get to create how you respond and what you choose to do next. And that is the greatest act of creation. Now with that creating comes this immense responsibility because everyone's creating. Some people create a lot of suffering. Some people create a lot of joy, right? Some people create a lot of envy. Some people create a lot of love, kindness, with that creating comes this um, this thing that we're all in together because we really are, right? All of us. We're all in this life thing together. We're inside of it and we're inextricably bound to each other. I have no doubts about that. That's the idea of co-creating to me. So that like when they say in the cheesiest way, take care of yourself before you take care of others, it's more like taking care of yourself is taking care of others. But also taking care of others is also taking care of yourself. Don't get it twisted. That when you win, we all win. And when you lose, we all lose. And when you suffer, we all suffer. In, uh, in, in Tibetan Buddhism, they say one prayer. They say, if you're going to say one prayer your whole life, may it be, may I wake up for the benefit of all beings. Hmm. You know, may I wake up for the benefit of all beings. May I wake up for the benefit of all beings. May I end my suffering for the benefit of all beings. Um, so co-creating is this idea that every human being in this pot, in this soup we're all making called life, right? This very weird soup where, where young men are getting shot. And um, I volunteer at a high school right now. And one of my students, uh, his brother was killed by the police recently. And you have Trumps of the world where there's, the, there's this weird flavor in the stew, right? But the stew's not done because the soup is never finished. Hmm. There's no goal in the soup. So the soup is never finished. And so we all have an opportunity in every moment to put a better ingredient in the stew. And now part of that is some radical responsibility, that everyone takes a little responsibility for the way the world is right now. If you don't like how it is, take a little responsibility for it. Even if you're like, fuck it, I didn't vote for that person, or I don't know if I'm allowed to curse. Um, Go right ahead. You know, like, I didn't vote for that person. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do that. I don't, I don't stand by what cops do, but, but in some way, because we're all in this together, 
you have some responsibility. Because you are not separate. I so get that. I so get that. I I mentioned something like that recently and got so much flack for it, but it's okay. Um, but I was talking to um, a group of young people, and they were with me until I got to Dr. Maya Angelou said when um, Bush was elected, the uh, son, and people were all upset and they asked her, what do you think about the election and the, you know, the election of the president? And she succinctly said in the way that she does, my dear leaders come from the people. And I didn't get that. I was a teenager at the time. And as we moved towards this election and Trump was elected and everyone was outraged, it started to be more clear to me that we had created the foundation, the environment, the garden for this type of weed to come up. And I'm looking at the Facebook, like bullying and like I stopped being on Twitter for so long, I forgot that I even had an account because it was like going down a known gang alley, knowing that you're going to be beat up. So I just was like, I'm not going. But that sort of rhetoric and bullying and just cutting people down was already there. And when it got reflected back to us, this is the responsibility that I take. When it got reflected back to us, then we were all upset. And I'm like, no, wait, I take some responsibility. And I was part of an environment that judged people, that bullied people. And when I didn't want to hear, you know, if someone accused me, you cut the other person down to take them out. And so I, I really get that we all have to take some responsibility in what is happening and we have the ability to change what is happening, to add a little more salt to the soup now, or, you know, it needs a little more garlic. Yeah, 100%. If I can return back to uh, more about stories, what would you say is the greatest story for this time? For sure. I mean, my initial impulse was to say it's yet to be told. Hmm. It's yet to be seen. Um I believe there is I believe there is less suffering for humans. I really believe there is a lot less self-induced suffering. And I really believe human beings can set themselves free at a far greater rate. And I really believe that human beings can understand that if and this isn't holy moly, this isn't like big airy fairy stuff. If I realized how I was taken care of and I just took care of others, I would be taken care of. Like it's like a massage show yeah. where, where everyone is massaging the next person and somehow they're still getting massaged. And I really believe that we can all massage each other. And I guess with my work, that is the feeling I want to give to others. I want them to know that like they don't have to they don't have to worry so damn hard about them about their lives. They don't have to fret so much. They can yeah. let go a little bit. And find a little more grace and know that they are taken care of. I don't know that the greatest story ever told has been told yet. I think it's the soup. I think it's being written right now. You know, when you said that they don't have to worry about their lives, it it reminded me this weekend I've been, well, this, the last few weeks, I would say about 10 weeks, I have been studying the Beatitudes, um, the Sermon on the Mount, um, Jesus' most famous sermon that is often not preached in churches because it's so 
quote-unquote radical. And it was Gandhi's reaction to the Sermon on the Mount that he said to not worry about life, but to take care of each other. That this community that he saw that this sort of discipleship of Christ was building led him to believe that this was the whole of Christianity and not all of that other stuff he had been sold. And I thought that that was so profound that he was saying, yeah, I don't, I don't really find this Christianity thing to be useful, but this discipleship thing of Christ, this taking care of each other, this being in community where everybody is taking care of everybody because they know they're taking care of and not worrying about their own lives. I found that to be most striking. And that's what you brought up for me just now. And I believe that that is the story that's being written, because as we have a shooting, the community comes together in a way that it hasn't before. And we start to look out for each other in ways that we haven't before. I guess my goal then is not to wait until the shooting happens. Mm -hmm. You know, I was in New York City for 9-11, and those three days after were pretty magical. Above the love that emanated from that city, the love that emanates during disaster, the love that emanates right now with the wildfires. Why must why must we go on fire in order to 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 care? Oh, now that is a tweetable moment. Why must we go on fire in order to care? You know, and and so that's that's my work. I've always, I think, for a while. I mean, maybe since I was a kid, I've always said, like, do we have to crumble in order to rise? Can we just rise? Can we just come together? Can the story be so powerful that people realize they don't have to they don't have to hit the bottom. They don't have to lose it all. They don't have to see another shooting. They don't have to, it doesn't have to go that far. I, I don't have it. the answer to that. I don't, you know, I don't I don't have it. I'm trying to figure it out. Once I bottle it up and I'll share it with you, but <laughs> but you are you're asking the questions. And I think that that is the most alert and awakened space that one can be in. Asking the questions, they may not seem big to other people, but I know that every family member who's lost someone due to gun violence in the streets of Chicago and Miami and in L.A. and Mexico and New York and Brazil, and like they are listening to you and saying, yes, do we have to get to the tragedy before we wake up. So I don't think you have to have the answer. I just think that asking the question is the big magic. Well, I appreciate that because it's a, it is, it is something I'm passionate about. If I have a story, how do I begin to tell my story? How do I begin to take control of my story um, as someone who does it as well as you? And maybe it's not even YouTube, maybe it's not uh, an Instagram thing, but just in my everyday walk in life, how do I commandeer my story? Oh, I think you, I think you first have to come to terms with the, with the knowing that every human being wants to and deserves to be seen and be heard, and you as well. Um, that's a fundamental right of being a human, and we all deserve it and we all need it. We all need to be seen and heard. Um, I believe that, and I know that to be true. I've seen the medicinal effects of being seen and heard. And then you get outside of yourself. You realize that by telling your story in whatever medium you tell it, if told authentically, is like holding space. It's a gift you give. It's like a container that says, you too can, you too can be authentic here now. You too don't just have to say good when I ask you, how are you? 
You too can you too can take up space. And I'll hold it. I think you just begin. You begin because you know it's a fundamental right to be seen and to be heard. And that because you have lived, you have a story worth telling. And because you have lived, you have knowledge that no other human being on the planet has. In a I way, think, it's knowing your worth. I think that's exactly what it is. And I love that how you say that you have a fundamental right to be seen and to be heard because so many of us are don't believe that because the messages and the stories we've been given or the bill of goods we've been sold says no only those who have two million followers on instagram only those who are with celebrity celebrities only those who are attracting mass attention can do that can can get that kind of visibility but I believe you saying that it's a right is, again, a, a big thing. It's big magic to, to give sight to the blind. It is big magic to give sight to the blind. Yeah, beautiful. So I just want to ask you a couple of questions, sort of rapid fire, and you can just give me your, um, your answers. And they're fun and they're deep and they're not and whatever. So um, what is your favorite movie? Uh, my favorite movie, my favorite movie is, uh, Fight Club Gladiator, oh, Bad Boys, Bad Boys 1 and 2. Is there a connection in there between those movies? Is it the story? Is is there a connection? I just think they're, they're gripping. I think they're beautiful storytelling. I think, you know, what good story can do, right? And, it, and it's a beautiful thing is it can, uh, good story can, can just fucking hold you. This idea of container that I talk about, like being gripped by something is such a beautiful place to be held and to be taken, you know, like to become a baby for two hours where like this movie takes you. I think that's awesome. Um, what the world needs now is. Uh, what the world needs now is. Um, yeah, I'll give you two answers. I'll give you a, a, a nice answer. It's just <laughs> what the world needs now is like. Um. The nice answer is that what the world needs now is self-love, um, human in compassion. Human beings need to like really find it in themselves to know how to love themselves, and then they'll they'll easily know how to love others. And the other the other end of that stick is what the world needs now is a slap in the face. Um, what the world needs now is to be pushed towards the cliff, to realize that the cliff, you know, specifically environmentally, is. It, it's in their lifetime, right? Because people don't seem to want to change unless it's facing them, right? Unless they, you know, talk about Fight Club. That's a scene in Fight Club, right? He goes and he puts this gun to this guy's head and he says, are you doing what you wanted to do when you were a kid? And the guy says, no. And he says, why aren't you doing it? And he says, I don't know. I'm just, and he says, I'm going to come back here on Friday. You're going to join veterinary school, right? Right? And that's what he does, right? Hmm. Like he threatens this man's life so that he does the thing he always wanted to do. If you could go back in time or even currently talk to someone about their story who would it be oh it'd be bruce lee or einstein okay you've got to explain that uh i think bruce lee was an enlightened being and i think einstein was an enlightened being i think einstein was a legit alien visitor um einstein specifically do you understand that this man made declarations that we weren't able to prove until 40 years later he had knowings that were unprovable, but he knew them. He knew them because he could imagine them. Because he was so free from a limiting story that he could imagine things into it. Like, he could imagine what is without being able to prove it. I mean, if that's not a superpower, I don't know what is. 
Wow. Yeah. And then Bruce Lee's just dope as fuck. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, he's just one of the greatest physical specimens we ever had. And what he knew about the body and the relationship to the body and the soul was incredible. And I would say, lastly, why does this matter? Why do, why do stories matter? Why do telling our stories matter? Oh, well, um, I'll tell you because I was crying in my car yesterday because of how much I love what I do and I'm ready for that next leveling up. Um, had a big one-on-one with God. Uh, stories matter because they, they fucking help set people free. And when I don't care about myself so much, I get to care about others more. When I'm less in my own shit, I get to I get to I get to be there with others more. I get to have more joy, more love, more compassion, um, and more joy. And joy is fucking contagious. Joy is viral. Let's let's make joy viral, mm. right? Not cats and sweaters. Let's make joy viral. Um, I'm putting it on a T-shirt as we speak. <laughs> You know, let's do that. Let's do that. And that's why that's why it matters. And that's why I do what I do. And that's why I will continue to do what I do and try and reach as many humans as I can um, so that they get out of their own way. They realize they're good. They're okay. Deeper Conversations is brought to you by Poor Culture. We do church different.